Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. We perceive a want or even a desire as being a need. The promise that we have from God is that He will meet our every need. He will provide for anything and everything that we legitimately need. We do not have such a promise from God to give us whatever we want. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Philippians. Sometimes we can confuse our wants for our needs, and then we're frustrated when God isn't providing for us like He promises. Today, Pastor J.D. will encourage you to check and see if you're asking God for things that you legitimately need, or is it more for things that you want? God promises to provide for all of your needs. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in Philippians chapter 4 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Let's get into the Word. Really looking forward to what God has for us today in verse 19 of Philippians chapter 4. This is a well-known verse in God's Word. It's a powerful verse, a powerful promise, as we're going to see. The Apostle Paul says by the Spirit, And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of His glory in Christ Jesus. I want to start a little bit differently today and begin by asking a question. The question is this, and think it through. Can you recall a time in your Christian life when you had a legitimate need that God for whatever reason, did not meet. Let me ask the same question in a different way. As you think back over the years that you've been walking with the Lord, can you think of even one time where you found yourself in a place of legitimate need and you cried out to the Lord and prayed and asked, And God just, for whatever reason, did not meet that need. Notice that I'm qualifying this question with the word legitimate. I do so because oftentimes we perceive a want or even a desire as being a need. The promise that we have from God is that He will meet our every need. He will provide for anything and everything that we legitimately need. We do not have such a promise from God to give us 
whatever we want, when we want it, at the time we want it, in the color we want it, in the way we want it. Does that sound a little bit like a five-year-old? It should. Now, it is true that God, in His grace, will grant us something that we want, and even more so, there are those times when God will give us the desires of our heart, but not before first placing that desire on our heart when we delight in Him, as the psalmist says. Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Now, please know that that does not mean that anything we desire, Oh Lord, won't you give me a Mercedes Benz? (laughs) Sorry, I had a flashback. In other words, it's not whatever you desire, God is going to give you the desire of your heart. No, God prior puts that desire on your heart and makes that desire a delight. And then when you delight in Him and that desire that He has put on your heart, He then gives you the desire of your heart. That's how it works. Now here's the thing. God will only give us that which we want, that which we desire, and certainly that which we need when it's according to His will, and in His time, and for His glory. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Actually, This is the source of much in the way of misunderstanding on the part of God's people. I know for myself, and you'll forgive the self-reference, but early on in my Christian life, I found myself many times just really not understanding why it is that God would not answer some of my prayers, especially when I had so many promises in God's Word that said that He would give me that which I had asked. I think it comes when we misunderstand the promises in God's Word, of which there are many. One has counted over 3,000, 3,000 promises in the Word of God. Think about that. But some of those promises, I would even venture to say many of those promises, come packaged with specific conditions. They're conditional promises. Example, one that we just saw here in Philippians chapter 4 earlier, in verses 6 and 7. The promise is this, that we have access to this peace, that only God can give. Jesus said, I I come to give you peace, not as the world gives. This is the peace that only He can give. Paul describes it as this peace that surpasses, see it as bypasses your mind, which says everything around you 
is anything but peaceful. (laughs) So it bypasses, surpasses your human understanding and comprehension and sets up this guard around your heart to keep you at peace in spite of what's happening in your life. That's the promise. But there are three conditions that that promise is predicated upon. The first of which is that we are to pray about everything. Second, we are to thank God for anything. And if we will pray about everything and thank God for anything, then we will worry about no thing. That's the conditional promise. Here's another one, very uh, well-known proverb. We memorize it, we sing it, we have it up on our wallpaper. We have it up on our walls (laughs) in our homes. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Acknowledge the Lord in all your ways. Lean not unto thine own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And here's the promise. He will direct your paths. He, I like the translation that renders it this way better, He will make your path straight. See it as He will straighten it out. He will straighten this mess (laughs) that you're in. He will straighten it all out. He will work it all out. He will direct your steps and straighten out your path. But... There are again three conditions to the realizing of that powerful promise in God's Word. First and foremost, we are not to lean on our own understanding. And isn't it true that when we don't lean on our own understanding, we do (laughs) trust in Him with all of our heart? Because we can't trust in our own understanding. We don't have any understanding. And we also acknowledge Him in all of our ways. And when those three conditions are met, then the promise is realized. And such is the case with the promise before us today. I think we do well to drill down into this verse by looking at the conditions that must be first met before God will supply and meet all of our needs. I think in so doing, we'll have a better understanding of just how powerful and profound this promise really is. Now, the first condition is not so easily recognized at first read, but it's that of this promise being proportionate, and I'll explain what I mean by that. This promise is not a blanket promise. And I say that by virtue of how Paul, with specificity, notice, says, My God will supply all your needs. That's an interesting detail, and the specificity is there for a reason. It's specific to those who give because they give, as the Philippians had. 
And as such, God responds in kind by meeting all of their needs. In other words, proportionate to their meeting Paul's needs, so too did God meet all their needs according to the riches in Christ. Listen to what Jesus said in Luke's Gospel, it's recorded, chapter 6, verse 38. Notice how the emphasis is on the proportion, the portion. The measure that we use, Paul says, will be the same measure that is used when we receive. The measure we use, the gauge we use, the amount, the portion we use when we give, that will be the same portion that will be used when we receive. Now listen to what Jesus says. He actually takes it a step further and raises the bar, if I can say it that way. He says, give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, let it settle, get more in there, and then keep pouring (laughs) until it's running over and it will be poured into your lap. Oh, I like that. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Now, I know that this is chiefly in the context of financial giving, financial support, but please, Make no mistake about it. This is a principle that applies across the board when it comes to our giving, and when it comes to our needs, and when it comes to God supplying, providing, meeting all of our needs. Now, there's something else here that I need to point out, and it has to do with Paul only writing this to the Philippians. This is interesting. I point this out because this specific promise was not written to the Thessalonians. It wasn't written to the churches in Colossia, or it certainly wasn't written to the Corinthians. It was only written to, by the Spirit of God, the church there in Philippi. And don't think for a second that the Philippian church was wealthy. They were not. It could be argued that they were in fact very impoverished. And it's for this reason that their giving was both done sacrificially and generously. So much so that Paul is one of those places where The Apostle Paul is sort of, in a sanctified way, shaming the churches. Listen to what he says to the Corinthian church in his second epistle, chapter 11, verse 8. He says, I robbed other churches, the church in Philippi. (laughs) I think it was pretty strong. It's kind of like I, I stole from them. He didn't steal, of course. It was freely given but I think he's trying to make a point here. I robbed other churches by receiving support from them so as to serve you. 
That's what I mean by a sanctified shaming. Can you imagine? You have to understand too that when these letters were written, they were delivered to the church and read aloud to the church. Could you imagine being in church that day? Man, I, if I was there, that would have been a day that I wish I were sick and <laughs> didn't go to church because, <laughs> I mean, he's telling them, you know, you guys, the only way I was able to serve you, minister to you, was by way of the support that I got from this church that gave to me and supported me financially so I could. I'm keenly aware that this second condition may seem like a firm grasp of the obvious, but it's important nonetheless. Whatever that need is, must be good. If it's not good, God's not going to provide it. I mean, I, I say it as simple as that. And here again, I would suggest that this is one of the main reasons we misunderstand the goodness of God in meeting our needs. We pray and we ask God for that which we perceive to be a need, and when He doesn't meet it, when He doesn't answer it, when He doesn't provide it, we become disenchanted, disappointed, discouraged. The problem is that we don't know what God knows. Again, I know that's a firm grasp of the obvious. His ways are not our ways. They're so much higher, infinitely higher. His thoughts are not our thoughts. In other words, we don't think the way God thinks. Could you imagine if we thought the way God thought? I mean, Shoot me now. We're all doomed, right? He would not be God if that were the case. His thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. It has to be good or God will withhold it for our own good. Perhaps you've heard it said, I thank God for answered prayer, but sometimes I am more thankful for the prayers that God did not answer. I look back over my prayer list, which I've kept for, oh my goodness, since I was a new believer, 37 years. And I go back to those early prayer requests that I still have. I just, I find myself apologizing to God for praying that prayer back then. Oh Lord, I'm so sorry. Here, here I'm praying for this, and, and God's just going, mm -mm. <laughs> you don't want that. No, I want it. I need it. I need this, Lord. No, you <laughs> I can just picture the angels in heaven given charge concerning me going, you don't want that. Don't ask for that. Thankfully, God's not going to give you that, because if God were to give you what you're asking for, it would destroy your life. Example. For those of you, and I know none of you here, I'm talking about other carnal Christians who pray that they win the lottery. Don't pray that. Have you seen what happens to people who win the lottery? Their lives are destroyed. 
They even have TV shows. I, I was flipping through the channels one time. It was a long time ago, a while back. And I came across this. I don't know, I don't know if they still have it, but it was a, a, a series on lottery winners and how their lives were completely destroyed. And I'm thinking to myself, are, you know, and I know there's, there's some of us who think to ourselves, well, I would tithe on the winnings if I, Lord, just if you let me win the lottery. <laughs> okay, I have to confess this. I, I was a very new believer, and as I've already confessed, I, I struggled with this, you know, particular area in my Christian walk. But when I was uh, um, uh, in, the, in the business, I prayed and I said, God, if you'll give me, I'm, I'm sorry, forgive me, I hope you don't see me differently when I share this, okay? Full disclosure, I was a very young, immature believer. Did I say that? Okay. Lord, I, I, I really wanted to drive a Mercedes-Benz 450 SL convertible. I prayed. I said, God, if you'll give me a Mercedes-Benz 450 SL, I will take people to church. (laughs) Oh, come on. Come on. You've prayed similar prayers, haven't you? You haven't? Let's close in prayer then, (laughs) because... I've heard it said this way, and this is been such an encouragement to me in this regard. If I knew what God knew, I would answer my own prayers the way that God does. Let me say the same thing in a different way. God answers all our prayers, meets all our needs the way we would if we knew what He knew. The problem is we don't know. He knows the end from the beginning. He knows what's good. He knows what's not good. James chapter 1 verse 17 says, Every good, not just good, but perfect gift, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down, from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change his mind. He gives us what we need, and it's always good, and it's always perfect. And let me add, the timing is always perfect too. There's a lot to learn from this joyful New Testament book, Philippians. And we're so glad you've joined us to walk through it all with Pastor J.D. Farag on In Spirit and Truth. Philippians isn't just about the Apostle Paul's rejoicing, though. There are many references to this emotion. This book is also honest about the difficulties that followers of Christ will face. People will oppose the truth of the gospel, and you may face persecution from non-believers. But you can rest assured that Jesus knows, and He sees, and He can change lives anyway. You can be glad and rejoice in the Lord just as Paul did. If you'd like to listen to more Pastor J.D.'s teachings on this book, you'll find them on our website. Simply visit InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and click on Listen. 
You can even take these messages with you on the go with our mobile app. Find a link to our app on our website or search for In Spirit and Truth in your app store. This will provide you with hours of insight into the Bible, helpful links, and access to the latest editions of Pastor J.D.'s Mideast Prophecy Update. In these updates, Pastor J.D. takes a critical look at the news and events happening around the globe and compares them to the prophecies of the Bible, sharing God's views on what's taking place. These messages are new each weekend and will help you put world events into an eternal perspective. You can access these updates through our website. Again, that address is inspiritandtruthradio.com. Thanks for taking the time to listen to God's Word today and join us next time right here on In Spirit and Truth. truth, truth.